Hi, I'm Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today, we're going to continue our conversation with Susie Rabu Olson and the Education Equals Hope program out in Kalakali. Thanks for being with us, for hearing an amazing story. Let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of Education Equals Hope. Hi, this is Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I am Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am the co-founder of Education Plus Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H in Ecuador. <laughs> education Equals Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult places. And today we're continuing our conversation mm. with Susie Grabko Olson. Ooh, I well, am back. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're recording out here in the beautiful uh, hamlet, as Susie describes it, <laughs> of, of Calacali, Ecuador, mm-hmm. the metropolis of 3,000-ish people in surrounding areas. Um, but as we say in the United States, the town doesn't even have stoplight. Oh, absolutely. No. I'm not, even sure, I'm not even sure there's a stop sign, actually. That's not no. a thing. It's, yeah. a, it's a small little place. We have a couple of speed bumps. That's true. Oh, That's true. true. Multiple speed bumps. Um, if you have not listened to episode 13, please go back and do that as we are going to continue the conversation with Susie of how education equals hope, how as an outsider and a foreigner, um, she has dedicated, she and her husband continue to get dedicate their ministry to relationship. They do that through working mm-hmm. at the Youth World Retreat Center, El Refugio, mm-hmm. but have a passion and a commitment to connect to the larger community so mm-hmm. that this retreat center isn't just an isolated island, but um, that there's a sense of camaraderie and connection mm-hmm. throughout the Absolutely. whole community. So please listen to chapter 13, episode 13, if you haven't, and welcome to 14. Let's go. Um, one of the most important things, as I was saying before, is the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that relationship gives you um, the right information and motivation to keep on serving these people, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's hear a little bit about that uh, so that we can actually understand what are the future plans and dreams that all this relationship gives you, right? Yeah. How does that relationship look like and those results have looked like to you yeah. so far? Well, I think there's different layers of relationship that we've seen. I, mes- I mentioned in the last episode that everything really began from a collaboration, and it was imp- for us, it, it's important to maintain that. So from the beginning, it was our camp and retreat center, partnering with a local church in town, partnering with Education Equals Hope, partnering with this group of high school students mm-hmm. and um, from a high school in Quito called Alliance Academy. And we all wanted to come together to be a united front, to be able to show the community we are part of something bigger, that there's a larger uh, relationship to lean into, that it's not just one person showing up. And as we developed locally our program here, um, I leaned in to some of the relationships that I had made uh, with some ladies from my neighborhood, a couple of my and coworkers. And if I'm not mistaken, Susie, these are women that you played soccer with, that, <laughs> yes. that owned the store where you go buy a liter of milk and a restaurant where you can get a, a, a lunch, a blue, a blue plate special for $2 and yeah, go feed your family. Yeah, a representative from the church and then also um, one of the mothers of the families that we had identified that we wanted to invite to be a part of the scholarship program. So there's relationship building within our local board. Um, These are all ladies that necessarily don't have a lot of previous leadership experience outside of Mm. leading their homes and Mm -hmm. their children. Which Um, is a lot of. Yes, which is a lot. Leadership right there. Um, (laughs) 
But then we also wanted to lean into the relationships. And so we used our, our pre-existing friendships. We identified who are the families in greatest need that we can come alongside. And as we've, um, we meet once a month um, for the scholarship program, and that's when people you know, bring their receipts to hand in for their, their previous month's scholarship. We usually do a little workshop or a time of teaching, mm. and then we hand out the scholarships for the next month. Am I correct in understanding that you created kind of a board of all these people, yes. and then in that board, you said, who are the people in our community that we see are kind of falling through the cracks? Yes. The people that are in desperate and difficult situations. So it wasn't necessarily the people on the board may or may not be those in desperate and difficult situations. Mm-hmm. They, they could be themselves, but not all of them are. No. And then identifying others right. in their community. Exactly. So of actually, the, of the women on the board currently, only one of them is, is also participating as a beneficiary or a recipient of the scholarships oh, wow. for their family. Great. But and it was eight also, on the board, eight people on the board. Yes. But it was really important for us, too, from the beginning. I didn't want it just to be the families that I had identified. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to Mm -hmm. come together as a group. I asked them to prayerfully consider to commit for uh, one school year to be a part of this board as we got things started. And then we worked together and we made a list. Who are the families that we see that are falling through the cracks, that that need help, that maybe don't have access to those types of opportunities? Mm -hmm. And then we approached the families and we said, are you interested in this? Would you like to apply? we made a little application that was a couple pages long. Applications to able, always good. Got to yeah. have skin in the game. Yeah, exactly. To see how committed that they were. It also gave us a good um, picture of their economic background mm-hmm. and you know their financial needs and just things. How many people lived in their home and sort of to get a picture of what was really going on, so that we would have a better idea how to come alongside them as mm-hmm. our program developed. Not not to just end with. Um, these micro scholarships, but maybe are there other ways that we can come alongside these families, hopefully as our program here in Cullicley grows. And so, and you mentioned in the last episode that uh, some relief funds that Educational Hope was able to provide enabled you to just start with some food kits and food baskets to begin relationship yes. with the families. And then this last school year, which of course is a virtual school year, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's hope it's the only virtual school year, <laughs> yeah. um, you were able to use the, the, the money Money that the Alliance Academy students had raised. Shout out yes. to Alliance Academy International. Yes. Well, well done. Well done. Yes. Chaplin's program. Um, that that money and so you are doing the program right now off of that two hundred dollars a month budget that they have provided. Uh, how many students are you able to support with $200 a month? We have 11 families represented, and within those 11 families, there's 36 students total. Wow. And so how we set it up locally based off of conversations with, again, the women on our board who live locally and understand sort of the, the needs and challenges mm-hmm. of, of living here, um, we came up with the idea that we were going to provide the scholarships per family Mm -hmm. so that the heads of household could decide month per month what the greatest needs were, Mm -hmm. which students to spend it on. That's one of our core values of empowering that local, Mm -hmm. empowering the families to make decisions. It's just that tiny bit of resource that they need. And I think it's been a really uh, neat thing of growth for all of us involved because when you empower 
and let go of that control. You empower Mm. the family, the beneficiary to be able to decide, here's how to best use it. It stretches all of us Mm because we have to trust, right? (laughs) And also in, in, in response, they have to sort of figure out, okay, what are our needs? How am I, and then how am I going to account for it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, early on in a lot of the orientations from education equals hope to our board, and then also sharing with the families, we talk a lot about grace, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so what are these opportunities? to be able to extend grace to others mm-hmm. and how can we grow in grace together. Um, there was in particular a story of one family where a couple of the ladies, I think it was unanimous on our board, we identified a family that who's the, the heads of household really struggle with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the blessing and the curse of a small town, everybody knows each <laughs> other, you kind of know each other's business. And this family was just known for having a real struggle with that. And they had previously been able to receive... Um, financial help from different welfare programs, but because of their struggle with alcohol, weren't able to comply to requirements, and so repeatedly had lost mm-hmm. opportunities um, for supplemental income, even from the government. Um, and so all of the ladies on our board identified this family needs help. These kids don't deserve to just fall through the cracks. And How the kids aren't the alcoholics. Them? They're not yeah. the ones spending exactly. money poorly. But there was a lot of hesitation by the ladies on our board because are they going to use this opportunity well? And so as a group, after you know wanting to really live out this idea of grace, we said, hey, let's let's give them a, let's give them a chance. Let's see how they respond. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit of a risk, but let's let's start with you know that twenty dollar per month scholarship for these five kids, and see how they respond. Mm-hmm. And it has been so incredible to see that that mom of that family. She's mm-hmm. showing up to every meeting. Um, she's handing in all of her receipts. And so I think it's been really neat for us to see we need to extend the invitation. Mm -hmm. We can't uh, decide in advance how someone's going to respond to it. And when you're talking about that relationship building, coming alongside, let's walk in this together Mm -hmm. um, and see if we can't, you know, provide future opportunities for your children to grow and for your family and and things like that. So. Yeah, we uh, we can't we we can't answer the question for them. Of course, but I, I do. I wonder, and you can you can come back in the show here <laughs> and tell us. I wonder uh, if that. Uh, the fact that they are a part of this community and they know that this isn't just a government program, this is their neighbors. Yeah. I wonder if that um, social, kind of that, that good side of social pressure is helping move this along for their yeah. students, for their family, their kids, their children. I think so. I, I, you know, in thinking about, you know, you had mentioned sort of this other branch of the program that we've developed. So in addition to those original food kits, which we've stopped doing now because that was just initial For relief. that crisis relief yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Now we've moved on to these micro scholarships. Now uh, we've received a special grant from Education News Hope to be able to provide micro loans for small business startups. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, coming alongside these families, the, the good side of the social pressure and, and the good side of the relationship building is that we're getting a, a real accurate gauge of what these families Mm. need. And as our relationships are building with them, they're willing to share with us Mm. some of those vulnerable things that they need help with and, and putting themselves in a place to be able to honestly, this little bit could really help us. And, um, it's actually kind of fun. So with these micro businesses, um, 
you're kind of helping them dream a little bit. Like, what can Mm, I do creatively Mm -hmm. to be able to provide for my family? And so we've got, you know, several families that are raising chickens. We've got um, someone who on his little plot of land is going to plant a bunch of cilantro to be able to sell to stores and tiendas. We've got other people, you know, starting little yogurt and cheese businesses. And so um, it's really neat to see how that, relationship is the foundation to all of that. If we didn't have the relationship, they wouldn't be willing to share with us right? Um, or, or opening themselves up to show. Because in a small community, like I said, the blessing and the curse is <laughs> everybody knows each other's businesses. And we are um, a community that's very traditional. There's a long history and heritage, and sometimes it's hard to break out. 446 years worth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, now, when you talk about the, sorry, yeah, go ahead. when you talk about the micro uh, enterprise, yes. you know, w- micro scholarships. If you're helping 36 kids with $200 a month, that's on average $5.55 a kid a month, mm-hmm. and that is making a huge difference in their lives. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, based. Based on what the parents are telling us, <laughs> um, everything with COVID here in Ecuador is a little different. We've actually not been able to have a lot of interaction with the kids. Oh yeah. But um, the other side of that, because norm, you know, traditionally you might think with with community development work, sometimes it's easier to start up kids programs, invite the kids, and then the parents come along with it. But in this COVID reality, we've focused on let's build relationship with these representatives of these families and and build from there. Mm. Um, And so, I mean, they're showing up every month to our meetings. They're handing in their receipts, eagerly waiting the next month's scholarships. Um, With all the virtual learning, um, you know, we mentioned in the last episode, most households don't have internet and most of the schooling here in our local town is done via WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have internet, then you need to have data for your phone. And so being able to use some of that scholarship money to equip themselves to be able to That's the only way, if they have don't have data, they can't yeah. exactly. get uh, access to school. So that, that $5 or $20 for the family, that is making, the, is making it possible for kids to continue to get exactly. their public education. Exactly. And with the micro-business, that's... I know that the grant that we were able to provide was $700 mm-hmm. and how many applications do you have and how yeah. many? So we received about 14 applications and we decided that we were going to give out uh, $50 maximum, but we did ask each individual to list out what are the expenses that you expect, how much will it cost? Mm-hmm. And so people, you know, if you only needed $35, they asked for 35 if they needed up to 50. So we were able to, we approved 11 applications. Mm. So in addition to the 11 families, some of those cross over um, with the scholarship program. So in addition to that, we have um, seven other households now that are being helped through the micro business uh-huh. loans. Um, because our hope is that we want to continue to grow the program wow. and we want to come alongside people and um, just help people in the community know what's going on. Um, you know, a big part of this for us is um, helping families with their physical needs, but also coming alongside them in discipleship, leadership development, you know, sharing the gospel in a way that's meaningful and tangible in their mm-hmm. daily lives, but also is going to make an impact for yeah. eternity. Yeah. 
Oh, what an incredible, incredible opportunity. And we, Jorge and Luis and I were like, we have to yeah. get out to Calacali. We have to get out. There were <laughs> yeah. some microphones to capture this story because this is the heart of what we do and why we do it. So yeah. thank you, Susie, for being the hands and feet and the the, the brainchild, the dreamer, <laughs> the dreamer to bring it together. But how incredible that because of your eight years of here and God willing, at least eight more, if not, yeah, yeah. hopefully more, yeah. <laughs> um, that those relationships continue and getting to see the fruit of that and that their families that are part of the part of the program and outside the program, the outreach mm-hmm. of the community, really taking care of each other and that micro business, mm-hmm. micro loans, 50 bucks, 35 bucks is yeah. the difference between a family getting back on their feet and, and maybe languishing and, and really the poverty of condition and yep. therefore being yeah. in purpose over and over and again. Yeah. The margins are smaller here, it seems. Um, but Pair that with that relationship and the building and mm-hmm. applying those um, principles of grace and mm-hmm. discipleship. I mean, it goes, it, it, it multiplies, right? It makes a huge impact. Exciting. Anything else you'd like to add before we, we close this? Um, well, I would just love, you know, do a couple of shout outs. Um, I would like to thank Alliance Academy and all the students, the alum that have been a part of the program to Mm -hmm. make it possible financially. Absolutely. Um, Obviously, First Lutheran Church's involvement over the years with Education Equals Hope. Um, You know, I'm personally connected there, so I definitely want to give a big thank you. Absolutely. Um, I'll echo that. They have been an incredible supporter of the preschool and the school and the program at at Carmen Bajo for since we started. Yeah. But I will say we are here for our location in Kalakali. We are at a point of looking ahead to next school year and trying to figure out financially where will the funding come from, mm-hmm. whether for the micro scholarships or to, to be able to continue potentially with um, the micro business loans. And so we're in that process of figuring out how do we want to grow? What are our financial goals? And so um, I guess you know, anyone who's interested in, in hearing more about that, um, we can, we can continue that. They know how to contact you. Yes, Education equals we, hope. Yep. <laughs> we invite you. If you would like to be a part of Education equals hope, we invite you to be a monthly donor, supporter, one-time giver, whatever it is that you can do, <laughs> would do. Uh, we ask $39 a month mm-hmm. simply because that's a price point that, yes. <laughs> that other organizations seem to think was good. So yeah. we said, yeah, we'll take that one. <laughs> Um, but any amount uh, you yeah. you heard today, five dollars a month makes a difference uh, in a child's life to be able to continue to get an education in mm-hmm. this system right now. Susie, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, Susie. <laughs> we look forward to the next one, and please yep. go to educationfulshope.org to be a part of our support team. Support um, subscribe on our YouTube channel for more information, and stay tuned for great stories like this. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.